0: Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation.
1: We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company.
0: We're here and we actually have videos, so this is going to be super extra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want say shout out to Prina breaking the fourth wall. You're giving me all the Zach Morris I need from Saved by the Bell right now. <laughs> Time to the audience. This is great. Um, but welcome everybody. Episode forty-four, of mixed company. Wait, we don't have to look at that camera. We don't no, have okay. to look at the camera. No, 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 no. I, the camera is kind of just here. No, like, like that's great. Okay. Like that way, like nobody's gonna ask about dark circles or like wrinkles or right. like eyeliner that's completely half off or whatever. Right. Chap lips. You see what I'm saying? Like this is really good for everybody. It's for everybody's benefit. <laughs> um, but we're here, episode forty-four, um, mixed company we're not even at the end of February yet. Like, I feel like it's been six Almost. months mm. in the two months that have existed because mm. so much has happened culturally. Girl, child, so much has happened at work. Yes. So much happened just in life. And, like, I'm not saying I'm ready for 2019, but I am saying that I'm not understanding why 2018 is still cold. Mm. Like, it's at least September right now. <laughs> it's pretty much September.
1: No. What would mean, my hot?
0: No, oh, it is actually warm outside. But it I mean, like this, it, it's just long. Like there's a lot happening. You there's a it's, lot happening. Wow, why do you want I want to rush time. I don't know. Last year, I enjoyed 2018 <laughs> so much. Every day, I was like, oh, I hope it lasts it's three a, more days.
2: It's just taking so long. When home. you were
1: a kid, and they would tell you like, don't grow up. Yeah, you're not gonna be young forever. Like, you, you, yeah, but so it's nice.
2: been cold. For, like the layers of a bag lady mother plus mm-hmm. jackets plus mm-hmm. your kids' jackets and their mm-hmm. scarves. It's too much.
0: Mm. It's too much. Mm. You gave me anxiety.
2: Girl. No. Are, you
3: like, are you scratching?
0: <laughs> mm. Right. Like, I, the, mm. to I didn't mind. like nothing you was talking about. <laughs> Listen. Mm. Mm. That's carrying other people's baggage. Wait a minute. That's yes. a word. Yes. Mm. It part of your Speaking <laughs> of, so, like, for those of you that'll obviously see this once it's posted, but if you're listening, you hear a fourth voice that you are not familiar with. It's a gorgeous, soulful, raspy voice. Um... No, that's a good thing. It's I was nice. like, I hope that, I was like, damn. I've, no, shit, I probably, I've come to embrace my Okay, voice. <laughs> like, it's really, like, it took you time, have a great man. voice. Thank you. Like, I would listen to you all day. Every, I can't listen to everybody all day long, but I could listen to you all day long. Um, but I would love for you, Miss Sophia Dawson, to introduce yourself. Um, and then I'll gush about you after, so you okay. go first. Okay,
2: so peace, y'all. My name is Sophia Dawson. I also go by the name Wet Paint. I am born and raised in Brooklyn. I'm a visual artist. Primarily, I mess around with performance art a little bit. I consider myself an activist and an educator and a creator and a mother and a believer and a sister. I'll stop there. I think that's good.
0: Sure. I mean, that's great. Yeah, that's perfect. good. Okay. Hold on, somebody's asked me for food at work. Yes, please continue. Okay, <laughs> so yes. No, that was legit. Um, so yes, you are all of those things and more. Um, and we'll get into it a little bit during Dope Shit Ain't Shit, but, um, is a fantastic artist who I've definitely seen her work, um, in the OK uh, Space Gallery, for those of you in New York City in Brooklyn and Williamsburg, if you can make it out here, please do. Um, they have amazing programming, and they have amazing work up right now through February 24th, because it's yours. Yes, yes, um, yes, So, yeah, like, you're just so I inspirational. Yes, yes, what's... 281 North 7th Street.
2: 281 North, North, North 7th North. Street. Off the L train at Bedford.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, be sure to use your Google Maps, because you can get turned around in the dark like I did twice. Um no, I've no it's not I'm not good at everything, like it's fine. No. Um, but yeah, you're definitely it's amazing to have you on the show. So just to give you guys some context, um Sophia's gonna tell you a little bit about her current exhibit. Um but it actually sparked a lot of interest in what we've been talking about on the show for the past couple of months, um as it relates to the newer movements that we're starting. Uh, cultural movements um, that we're starting within the advertising industry and creative spaces in general. So we are going to find some intersectionality between the fine arts world and the advertising world. And we're just going to talk about our experiences and our perceptions of what's going on. So I'm super excited. I hope y'all are excited. Um... That's fine all right so let's jump into dope shit ain't shit um i'll go ahead and start because i haven't started in a while um but for those of you that are creators not just creatives for those of us in advertising and you feel that just because you're an account person or whatever that you cannot contribute to no this is real like some no, no, people just feel that's like real. if you're if you're not working with adobe or Acrobat or whatever like you're not creative no if you make things I need you to head to mm-hmm. thedot.com. Dot That's T-H-E hyphen D-O-T dot com. So um, what we've discussed on the show a lot of times is trying to find resources for people to um, essentially put their work up so that they can be found. Um, mm. And a, a, also giving people that are diverse, obviously in thought diversity, but even more so in cultural, racial, gender, LGBTQ diversity, etc. Um, this gives you a platform to be seen mm-hmm. as well, um, so you can showcase all of your work. So I'd say it's kind of a mix between like a LinkedIn and a Behance. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Is there. Maybe Facebook a little bit. They got some notes. It's it, like it's pretty. Um, the interface itself is pretty, but essentially it gives you a platform to tell people about what you do that's not necessarily directly tied to your current career. So if you got some side hustles that you can contribute to, um, I would say that this is the place to go um, and and distribute, showcase your work, distribute your work. Um, it also specifically asks like what you've done for the work. So those of us that are on the client service side, this gives us the opportunity to kind of say this is how I contributed to it because maybe you are an account person but maybe you played the role of the producer and I hired X, Y, and Z people and managed X, Y, and Z talent and that's important to Mm -hmm. the work as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that is actually what's missing in a lot of the uh, work showcase um, products where they don't necessarily give you the opportunity to be clear about how you contributed. Um, so I'm a fan I signed up for my profile Uh, if you're near a computer today tomorrow or in a meeting and you don't feel like actually participating or listening Mm -hmm. I suggest you go ahead and sign up for a profile Um, (laughs) because that's real like nobody Uh really listens in meetings like I just uh, you ever had somebody try to tell you you're not listening yeah, you're that's not listening neither. <laughs> what you mean? Why are you worried about what I'm not listening about? You worried about me? I know you're not listening. Anyway, if you find that is your situation, make sure you go to the site, set up a profile, put all your work up in that piece, um, and put yourself out there. We want to make more opportunities for creatives, creators, um, and everyone else on the periphery that contributes to the work that we do. So nice. that's my dope shit. That's, that's cool. cool.
3: So, mine's not, like, an advertising one, but, you know, we go off the rails, whatever. So, I don't really represent my high school a lot, but when <laughs> I do... Hardly <laughs> home and never repping. Okay. Yeah, you're also from Florida. I am from Florida. Fox is one. Let's get into it. But anyway, I went to Drive School of the Arts, and one of my alumni has a new cookbook called Black Girl Baking, Wholesome mm. recipes inspired by a soulful Up. Mm. Um, by drill Guy. And I love food. She is so amazing. She's been on so many different outlets, Vogue, like just showing her work. She's a food photographer. I'm excited about this. I'm trying to do some healthy recipes and yes. try to get into baking, and that would. This is like a mashup of both. And plus, it's somebody that I know, so I'm excited to try it. And you should get it on Amazon and wherever books are sold, I guess. She just did um, a book tour here in Brooklyn. Unfortunately, couldn't go, but I'm spreading the love, so get her book. All right,
0: okay.
1: Um, My dope shit is low-hanging fruit, it's Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I knew
0: you'd be the one, that's why I went the other way.
1: Because it's the... It was dope, keep going. You're right. It was a dope movie, but I didn't fall asleep, and I usually fall asleep in the movies. (laughs) That's a sign that it was like a really good shit.
2: I have that problem also
3: what after you pay $15 a ticket you guys take a nap
2: well there's the thing if you go to the like I pick theater it's set up for you to take a nap like there's a blanket and a pillow so so I
0: I also went to that and you ordered food and I had a pint you can like to myself. Okay. Listen, they didn't want me to son, be
2: I sit be down. I'm like, you're happy, do not wake me up. And <laughs> it. It's perfect. I think it's a perfect setup. But not for Black
1: Panther. You had to stay up for that time. Uh, so. I dozed up for like two point. <laughs> um, I was like, all right, gotta get it back together. But
0: this is why most of us are going back to see it so many times.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I think I realized after reading a few think pieces, I need to go back and like mm. dissect it oh, for man. the culture. The mm. think pieces I mean, because it's kind of like Get Out, like, where you watched it, like, um, one time, and everybody started talking, like, oh, that. shit, I missed that. So you got to go back and watch it again. So
3: Did you watch it past the credits?
1: I, so, I did. Good. I, I was one of the people who stood up and tried Good. to walk out, and then I was like, why is nobody walking yeah, out? It was at the first time, out.
0: though, because, so here's won't. the thing. You no, no, so, so every Marvel, Marvel movie right, now. Marvel oh. movie. Marvel movies, oh, you got to stay past the credits. But here's where they hit me I with the okie doke because they had two sure. credits. Yeah. And I was like, on, hola, hola. Because I had seen it the first time. I stayed and I was talking shit about the people that left early the first time I went. <laughs> and then when I came back, someone was like, sit down. I was like, girl, it's over. <laughs> girl, it's over. And then I looked, I said, oh, shit. God don't like ugly. We don't like ugly. So, no, the God, movie is fantastic. I think it's, it's the complexities of how... Um, Ryan Coogler and the writing team were able to discuss what it means to be African at large. Like, not just being black in America not just being, like, you have first-generation conversations in there. You have conversations of what it, what it means to have to relate back to a continent of people that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. What it's like to be in a continent of people that have no clue what it's like for people on the periphery and 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 how we live our lives in our blackness and then there were a lot of other themes that were and weren't discussed that left a lot of open-ended questions so black people are gonna be talking about this for days and years to come I'm um, I've already decided to buy tickets for the second one whenever that comes out mm-hmm. um, I guess I'll also be watching Avengers again um Infinity War. Infinity War is gonna mm-hmm. be popping, um, or not, it no, just, but no, you no, know, Black Panther's mm-hmm. about to be in that joint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's amazing, it yeah. was amazing. So, that's it for Dope Shit Ain't Shit. It's nice to not have any ain't shit. We had a lot that's of dope good. shit Keep positivity, back. yes, positivity mm-hmm. as we round out Black History Month. All right, so getting into our topic for today. Um, so as you guys know, we're welp- welcoming Sophia to the show today. Um, And basically we wanna chat about A, your exhibit that's going on here at the gallery, um, and then how it pertains to 21st century activism. Um, So like I said before, we've had quite a few episodes on definitely Black Lives Matter, especially when we started out. Um, Right now in our industry, there are a few few movements happening um, with the onset of uh, hashtag B2 and hashtag Time's Up. Um, and essentially, there is, I would like to call it an uprising. I know other people, other homies have called it a renaissance of sorts where shit is changing. Like, mm-hmm. literally, our industry is being flipped onto its head where the people that have been in power and dominant for so long are now um, quite visibly losing their power. However, mm-hmm. as we know, nobody goes out without a fight. Listen, mm-hmm. if it was me, I wouldn't be going out without a fight neither. Mm -hmm. Um, So that could lead to a lot of backlash um, that I'm sure a lot of people haven't necessarily considered. Uh, Everybody wants to be a part of the change, but not a lot of people like to be on the back end of the work to create that change. Um, And sometimes that is a lot more negative than we discuss out loud. So Sophia, if you can do us the honor to tell us about your exhibit going on right now, Correspondence, Um, and I'll leave it like that and let you flow and tell a story and Mm -hmm. stop when you feel that you've contributed enough.
2: Okay, all right, cool. So Correspondence is an exhibit right now at OK Space Gallery. It shows a handful, not all, of the paintings that are a part of this project or this body of work that I call the To Be Free Project. Um, the goal of the To Be Free project is to highlight and humanize and expose the stories of individuals who are, who were active and founders and um, contributors to the Black Panther Black Liberation movements. Specifically, um, these are folks who, you know, during that time period were basically arrested, detained, convicted of crimes that they have maintained their innocence for, but yet 41, 45, depending on which case you're talking about, years later, um, these folks are still locked up as political prisoners. So I'm hoping to, through the work, really just introduce that conversation of the fact that there are political prisoners in the United States to talk about the fact that these are people who are activists in the streets, serving their community just like people are doing today. the, the creation of the project involves about, or involved, it's still going, so it involves seven years or so, like approaching eight years of writing letters to these individuals, hence the name of the show, title correspondence, going on prison visits, connecting to their families, connecting to their friends, to figure out the best way to share their narrative through the work. And also really to get their blessing and to get their approval because I'm not I'm dealing with living history Um, and so I feel like they should have a say in in how their stories are being portrayed Um, and yeah so it's a lot of large-scale paintings portraits and uh, a lot of text and collage and you know you guys who are only listening like it's hard for me to explain it but hopefully you'll have some I mean, we're, we're videoing and then hopefully you guys will be able to look up my work and see it in person some at some point.
0: It's absolutely remarkable. Thank um, you. Even like, the, like just the stories itself, like we talk about movements and, and we see that people want change, but there are a lot of people that suffer um, as a result for being a pioneer for change. A lot of times yeah. as an activist, you don't recognize that you are in fact a pioneer. You are leading something that no one has led before. Mm -hmm. Um, And therefore, you oftentimes become the first to be crucified. Mm -hmm. Um, So there I've found and I feel like I feel like actually on episode six, it was when we did like water for chocolates, Mm -hmm. we talked about um, the parallels between what is happening with police brutality in America um, and how the media portrays it um, and how it parallels. The Black Liberation Movement, civil rights movements, and how people of color addressed those situations publicly, as well as how they had to carry themselves um, in their workplaces just to survive. So, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of links. I feel like you know. Also, if you watch Black Panther, it's really important to to understand your your history, understand um, the progress we've made, things we should have done better, so that the change that we try to make now in our present is a lot more succinct and efficient than mm-hmm. it had been in the past. It shouldn't be as difficult as it was in the past because mm-hmm. we should have learned um, a couple of new tips and tricks um, and tweets, if yeah. you will. So, oh, sorry,
3: go ahead.
2: No, no, I was going to say just to add to that, like it's interesting that you say that because like I remember one time there's a mural project that I was a part of on 125th and Old Amsterdam, oh God, is that really an avenue? Am I it's making like that up? Sign? No, that, that yeah, exists. That, is, okay, I yeah, was like, yeah, sure. No, it exists, it <laughs> yeah. exists. Um, it's, it's featuring Yuri Kochiyama and Malcolm X, but it took like a year to make that painting, or that mural, um, and the first meeting, we had a sit down, and we were kind of just having people go around and talk about like, what's the connection to Malcolm X, or what inspired you to be a part of this project, and or Yuri Kochiyama. And it was supposed to be like a light check in and this brother, um, Brother Tariq, I believe that's his name, who was a US-held political prisoner who's been free for a number of years. He burst into tears and he was talking about, he was basically apologizing to us, to the younger people in the room. So it's like 10 elders in the room, a bunch of people that are in the middle and then a bunch of people like maybe 19 or 25, 26. And he was apologizing, saying like, I'm sorry that we failed y'all. He's like, and that was that was heartbreaking. Um, but but there's definitely like, there's like a gap, like there's a serious gap. Like I don't understand, like to this day, even learning about the Panthers, I don't understand how, like I came to this work by learning about it in African American history class. And, you know, I couldn't understand how this stuff happened in my parents' lifetime and nobody would really talk about it. Like. We romanticize about it, and we like we're excited um, when these films come out. Like even like the PBS just came out with a film. Like there's yeah. a bunch of new documentaries about this movement, this time I period. I watched that
0: last night, the Black Panther one. Oh really? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I've, I've seen good, it a but few they, times. There's like one
2: sentence about political prisoners in there, but it's good though. But that but but that's the problem, right? So everyone wants to talk about I don't know, like in a, just in a romantic way, and I'm guilty of that too, because when I started this work, that's what I was doing, but then when I met people in the movement, like the stories that they tell you, like just learning about the fact that like, you know, these were kids, like babies, like average age of a Panther was like 13 to 21. Um, this woman, this is a woman actually from the Young Lords organization, who I've also worked with. And she was saying how like there were days when they would like leave their houses and kiss their families, say, say goodbye, knowing that they might not make it back home. Like they were ready to not come home to their kids, to not come home to their families, because it was so important for them to die for, for our generation. So the fact that he was like bawling and saying like, you know, I'm sorry that we failed you, forgive us. It was, it was such a hard moment to like sit through mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to say, you know, but we see that a lot of what they were advocating for is still relevant today, still basic rights that we don't have. You know, from, you know, regular, like affordable, good health care to an end to police brutality to equal housing, like all the black people in Brooklyn (laughs) disappearing. I mean honestly the things that
0: the things that we advocate for now, like it's nothing new. Mm -hmm. And it was nothing at the time, it wasn't even unheard of to ask Mm -hmm. for these things. But I think also something that
2: um something that is so different about their time until now. Just like how we spread information, uh-huh. how information is shared, and also like people's attention span. Um, <laughs> so like you know, thinking about well, for example, like Emory Douglas, who I look up to, he is like known. He's known for being the creative director of the Black Panther newspaper, right? And it was a lot of his drawings and art that he created that encouraged people to buy the paper, which, which supported the activities of the movement, but also a lot of people joined the movement because of what they opened and saw mm-hmm. and learned about. And they were handing these out on buses and on the streets and in schools, etc. Right. And we don't really share information like that anymore. Like everything is digital and it's it's a lot um, like it bombards you to the point where you don't necessarily like know what you should spend more time looking at or reading. Mm-hmm. Right. And people back then, you know, if there was a protest or a march or whatever, you know, people showed solidarity by showing up. And now solidarity comes in different forms, including Mm -hmm. likes and tweets and reposts, which means you don't have to physically go anywhere. And I think that the Panthers were so successful. Their philosophy was each one teach 10, right? And that's how the movement spread. Mm -hmm. So once you get this information, once you get through these books, once you learn how to. Even like I took an anti-police brutality course and that that was the assignment. Like, okay, you know this information now. You have to facilitate a class of 10 people just like I just did. I don't know how much people are meeting in person, (laughs) you know, and you know, that leaves room for a lot of stuff to happen. Like the Panthers were killed and locked up because they were infiltrated by outside people. And I think it's just so much easier to infiltrate nowadays. It's so much easier for, how come this is why i stopped going to protest i don't do protests for a number of reasons number one my voice is raspy like you said i lose it too quickly <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's i'm just, ineffective it's a great voice.
0: i, I, I lose that. it I in that. like two hours you at a protest it.
2: so i don't go to protest also last time i went to a protest it was when troy davis was mm. given the death penalty and i had my son with me mm. it was like it was nyu was mm. i was going to nyu and the protest was happening around nyu and um, yeah, this cop on a scooter like nearly ran both of us over. And I was like, you know what? How come there's more officers at this protest, right? How come the morning of the protest, I'm watching on Channel Seven News and seeing the exact route where the protest is going to happen? Like, how is all this information out before we even get into the streets?
0: It's a lot. I think it's a lot. To your to your point, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the detriment to the Black Panthers, and for those of you that have the opportunity to watch this PBS documentary. We'll post it to the site um, as we post this to SoundCloud. Um, But they also talk about, like, there's always room for people to infiltrate, Mm -hmm. to destroy. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. that, to me, that is the risk for creating change. Because you're Mm -hmm. always going to have people push against it. So the more we amplify, the more opportunities there is for people to... Infiltrate. So with the way communication is right now, mm-hmm. we get to amplify to more people. What we, I, what I feel like we should have learned from that is recognizing mm-hmm. the need to filter right. the people that you let close to um, the operations mm-hmm. of the movement. Where with the Black Panthers, they didn't. It was really like we need as many people on the ground as possible right now. So if you fucking with the movement you hear mm-hmm. if you're willing to go through the training you're with us mm-hmm. as you can't always do that because i don't i know you but i don't know who your people are mm-hmm. and if you're teaching 10 more people then i need to know who they are too right. like we're getting it out there but we just need to be a little bit more careful about the things that we're trying to change i think diet madison avenue i don't know if you've heard of it mm-hmm. but it's an instagram account that focuses on um essentially exploiting and exposing uh people that are discriminating against people of color Mm. as well as men like by name men Mm. in uh power and creative agencies that have sexually harassed women like they're Mm. calling out names and pulling up pictures Mm -hmm. and it's like they're a secret account Mm -hmm. so they're amplifying to people but nobody knows who they are nobody that's to me, that's, that's the police key. Name. That's
2: let no but like the the, the fact that nobody knows who nobody they are nobody knows who right. they are it's, but they're out them. here yeah, and yeah. yeah.
1: even their approach is kind of going back to the Comtells where yep. it's almost like they learned from mm-hmm. what went wrong exactly. with those other movements and, and and they've said it a few times in their stories where they're saying their identities are secret for that reason yes. they're getting death threats they're getting sure. it's real harassing them, so yeah.
0: i feel like it's real yeah there's a lot i think but with that, so like, like I said, there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of intersectionality between the movements of the past, the fine art world and advertising. Um, one of the things that I wanted to definitely hear your perspective on, um, we talk a lot about what it's like to be people of color and women of color also in advertising and how lonely it can be and how stifling it can feel and how oftentimes you feel like that glass ceiling is just in, in mm-hmm. I want to know from you, being somebody from that works and and honestly lives your life because you don't just create just for work. You create for yourself, for your spirit, for for you. What's it like being a black girl or a black woman rather in the fine art world? Mm-hmm. Um, and and. Yeah, how has that been for you coming up in the in in your game in
2: your side? Of the
0: game? <laughs> I'm laughing because this just
2: this just dawned on me. So, like before I even get into that, I will be clear about the fact that, you know, so I've been I've been the token for like most of my life, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that that was a thing until you know maybe a few years ago <laughs> when I saw other people actually when Token showed up in South Park, I was like, oh snap! Um, so. I would say that, uh, you know, from elementary school up until the 10th grade, I was only black in my class, and it was like first, I don't know, probably like all Italians. I went to um, elementary school in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, and it was like Bay Ridge, so it was like all Asian folks, and and so like that never really bothered me, like there were some differences and things that I noticed now as an adult, like things that I know were messed up, but I didn't know they were messed up because I was a kid, and like, Not really, you know, I hadn't really been exposed to like racism (laughs) or like, you know, all that was kept from me, like hidden from me my whole life. So this work actually gave me a moment to reflect on my upbringing and realize how it brought me to this point. Um, As far as like being a woman, a black woman in the fine art world or this fine art world that I'm trying to step into. who um, looks at it all is, the bro, obstacles. you are here you have so a many obstacles no but um, it's, like it's, it's interesting yeah there's different levels mm-hmm. and so like I think you know the challenges come from people not okay so here's the thing there was this I was watching a show while I was getting my hair done and this guy blurted out to someone who kept thinking that everybody could relate to what he was talking about he was like your experiences are not universal it was like a comedy show but that stuck to me and I was like, you know, that's that's factual, and that I find that in, in my work, um, I find that when I'm talking about my work to people who are nodding their heads, yes, sis, snapping, and then to people who are just like shocked because they never, this, none of this stuff ever crossed their mind. So I have to, like, I have to constantly deal with that and combat that and figure out ways to articulate my experience or the experience of the individuals in my work in a way that makes sense to people who, just. Have never had a moment or a reason to think about this stuff, mm-hmm. so that's challenging. Um, I don't. I don't think that. I don't know. It's weird because it's like when you when you're the only one in the room, people embrace that because they're like, "Yay, you're different." You're different. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the, the, like, that, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That ask that a that question. Ask when, because a lot of your stuff is is. Crum- <laughs> Controversial mm. to the mainstream. So, mm-hmm. do they continue embracing you when you start explaining the heaviness behind the topics in your in your work?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that um, when people learn about the context of the work, they're they're shocked. Number one, or like saddened, um, maybe burdened, maybe guilty. I don't know. Um, and then they, ugh, I had a good point. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then they want to figure out, like, I don't know, people tend to want to know how they can support the work and the cause. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel that morally, like, there's a lot of really jacked up stuff that happened in each of these stories. And right. people recognize that. People also recognize, like, I think there are a lot of folks, even like, for example, you were talking about how, you know, the day after, you know, someone is killed at the hands of police, like, what it feels like to go into work and to see everybody just living their life la la da da right my son goes to school in park slope so like every time something like that would happen i would go to school with a heavy heart and see these people in the in like the courtyard just chilling mm-hmm. and that re- it's really frustrating um, to not even be able to to have that conversation right But then, but then Trump got elected, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh yeah, Ah! oh yeah. So I was like, oh my god. So listen, so listen. We we go for drop off. Like I'm upset that he got elected, but it's like you know, when you're black in this country, there's not a lot of things that surprise you. Right. Like the stories that I talk about (laughs) in my work, that 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 doesn't surprise me. The fact that that happened is not a surprise at all. It's kind of like, it's it's very American that that would have happened. Um. So we get to the courtyard and there's like parents weeping, like weep, like bawling. There are children, second, kindergarten, first graders hugging each other and crying. And I was like, oh my God, like really? I was like, okay, so this is what it took. And I I always say that like sometimes something literally needs to be knocking on somebody's front door before they care about it. And like a lot of people are waking up to like the wickedness of what's happened since that election. And I feel like they are more open. So when I started this work eight years ago, I walked in a room and sounded like an angry black woman who was like anti-white. That's that's literally how I sounded. Not because I was saying that, but because of the context of the work. And then because the political climate has shifted so many people and made them so much more sensitive to things that they normally would not care about because they are personally dealing with it or experiencing it on some level, they're more open to these conversations. So. The election helped my work in that way because people literally would not.
0: Do you want to know something? I feel like the. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. It's it's too the election, long. but but
0: it did, like they were like, oh my god, your work is us. so
2: great, Mind you, These people have known my son is eight. They've known him since three. He, he was preschool. Born yeah.
0: Around the time of the first election, mm-hmm. the first only election that we actually, like, acknowledged, yeah. like, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> he was about
0: The only one that really months. mattered.
2: Yeah, he was a baby baby. Wow.
0: So, like, you know, it's
2: interesting, I mean, like, they've known me for years, but now they're coming to my shows, and now they're purchasing my work, and
0: now they want to know how they can help. I dare say that it helped all of our stories. I don't, I, I think they, perc- they perceive what we speak about, and, and by they, I don't only mean white people. I want to be very clear. There are a lot of black people that just didn't understand either. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of other like people that were very comfortable in the way that the world was eight to ten years ago. Right. Where they just honestly. We know what it's like. Like we know what it's like because we've been in situations where we were the first only and or different right Mm -hmm. and being first only different shout out to Shonda for giving me that line to describe what it's like to be me in the mainstream world Mm -hmm. means that you are bombarded with questions you are bombarded with judgment you are bombarded with a lot of feelings that you can't articulate because of your experience meanwhile no one else is experiencing that so they can't relate and then all of a sudden you know 2000 what year was it? Eight? Mm-hmm, Election mm-hmm, happened, mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about this post-racial society, and we're like, but wait, 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 my yeah, brother just, you know, some so shit just went down with my brother in college, like, my brother's getting kicked out because they said that he was trying to attack a police officer, and my brother is, my, my brother is not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, he's not, violent. he's so non-violent. Um, and yes. I'm trying to, like, express to people, like, what this means, and I'm like, you're taking it too far, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, this tea party thing happened. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's terrible. I can't believe people really think. Child, I've been trying to tell you the tea yeah. party been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after the tea party, this alt right thing happened. It's like, right. I I didn't I didn't know all these people that were so angry. It's like, mm-hmm. I've been trying to mm-hmm. tell you people been angry. It's mm-hmm. not just me. And then, twenty sixteen happens, or and you're just like, well, we told you. Yeah. And I get, like, I would right. understand mm-hmm. what that's like for like the first time that you realize that you are being oppressed or that you did not fit in because of something you could not change Mm -hmm. is as shocking for them as it was for us but like we like we've lived that our entire lives like when i tell people the first time like i ever had to deal with race and i was three years old when my friend and Daycare right. told me my daddy said I can't play with you no more because mm. I can't have black friends. Mm. That's three years old. You, know, Can you imagine mean- me in forty-five, and that's the first time that right. you ever experienced that. Right. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a shock.
1: So, that's a lot. I feel like one thing is like you mentioned that like it's getting better. I just feel like right now this is it's it's created a platform for things to get better mm-hmm. because a lot of people are still in denial. And yesterday at your, at your art talk. You mentioned getting angry, uh, and that's kind of what sparked you, you know, venturing mm-hmm. into this this um, this work. What? And I feel like right now there are a lot of people who are angry. <laughs> what? And and it's I think anger is good because mm-hmm. anger is is definitely it's the starting spark. point. It's a starting point. Um, but you've obviously figured out a way to channel your anger yeah. into something that is positive and. Like understanding, that, understanding. Like, yeah. So what is what is that? Can you explain what that catalyst feels like and how you didn't like take matches to City Hall? You know what I mean? Because I feel like from from and one of the things that I res- that resonated with me yesterday when you were talking was that that video that you that you saw kind of sparked it, and I feel like that's what Trayvon was for me because mm-hmm. I didn't. Grow up talking about race or mm-hmm. racism, racist racist shit happen, but right. didn't internalize it. But right. then you hit that that thing that kind of catches you and mm-hmm. makes you angry, and now you have to figure out what to do with that anger.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in the beginning, I was definitely really on fire, like upset, mad at the whole world, um, and that's just because I felt like. I don't know I just kept feeling like nobody told me like nobody told me that these people came and did everything that they could risk their lives still locked up so I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in now and I'm in now meaning like in 2010 I was a new mother at a six month old I was hungry I was in an abusive relationship um you know like there's something really oppressive about going to the hospital and like getting your wick paperwork (laughs) Like it. My life was just so jacked up, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like, "Damn! Like they did all of that, so I wouldn't be in this situation, and here I am." And then I didn't know how to get out of it, right? So that a lot of the frustration, and anger came from that. And then it also was like, once I saw this documentary about the Panthers, I realized that like everything that they were trying to do is it's the same thing that we're still trying to do, and it, it blew my mind. Um, but then, like I had mentioned yesterday, that. I got to this point where I realized that I couldn't make the work out of anger or hate um, because it just wasn't healthy. Um, I don't think that I was super successful by approaching the work that way. I spoke about the woman who like checked me and talked about like, basically, I can't Afford to put things out in the universe that I don't want to see reflected in my life, or in the life of my son, or in the life of generations to come. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, backtrack and and realize that you know th- this movement was formed out of love for the people, mm-hmm. right? So, and the people that are still locked up, they still have love for the people. Like at mm-hmm. the age of 70s, 81 years old, they're talking about, oh, when I get out, I'll be doing X, Y, and Z in my community, right? So how dare I, you know? say that I'm standing on their legacy or trying to share their stories and not operate from that same standpoint. That's so I think that like, you know, for everyone, like political prisoners or like the wrongfully accused, like that happens to be that thing that keeps me up at night. Like that's the thing that really frustrates me. But I feel like we're in America, there there are a billion like valid issues and points. And I feel like, Everybody, at some point, you come up against something that keeps you up at night or you just can't stomach. Like, after I saw that documentary, I couldn't like sleep, couldn't eat. I was like really tripping for a minute. And I still feel that way. Like every time I learn about something new, I still feel that way. So like taking that instead of being bitter about it, but figuring out like, okay, how can I apply love? Like, I didn't mention that like my spirituality, you know, prayer, meditation, belief in God, following Christ's example, Right. So all he did was serve the people. He also was infiltrated. Right. Um, he was. After he was resurrected, people got beat and locked up for crimes they did not commit. Like yep. the story continues, right? So kind of coming from That's
0: real. Standing on that and, yeah. and making the work in that way. So let me ask you a question, right? Yes. Like so like we were saying, like we talk we discuss advertising on the show and just marketing in general. Mm-hmm. Um Do you think that there's anything from the movements that we're experiencing or seeing evolve in 2018? um, Do you think that there's anything that the people that lead those movements can learn from the uh, people that led and, and inevitably became political prisoners during the Black Liberation Movement?
2: Yes, definitely. I feel like first and foremost, there's learning from their mistakes figuring out like what went wrong, like what, how did... That infiltration piece is is serious, is real. And like they knew, like there was a sense of paranoia within the movement, but they didn't know how to deal with it. Um, And uh, that's, that's one thing, but I feel like, you know, I call myself wet paint because I believe that everybody that's living is a work in progress, including me and you who's listening right now, right? So we have living history, like I just, so the last time I came for an interview in this space, um, Sekou Odinga joined me. Sekou was a political prisoner from the Black Panther, Black Liberation Movement who was released in 2014. He's also my mentor's husband um, and his story is one of the reasons why I got started doing the work. So Sekou was here and this wasn't planned, but it just worked out that way where Opal Tometi from like the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, was also in the space and she hadn't met him. And she was like, so honored and grateful to meet him. And he was like, all right, how do I get in touch with you? Right. And so like, while these folks are still living, right, locked up or on the outside, cause you can go on a visit, right? Why not sit down in front of them and, and just really pull from them? Like that's what mm-hmm. elders are for. So you don't make the same mistakes. So you can learn from the experiences, so you can do better. Um, so you can live out that that, so you can be that generation that they try to create for you, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I think that there's just like, so much power could come from just a sit down. And it, the sit downs are not impossible. Like there's, there's a number of political from prisoners from that are out, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of people that are locked up that can get visits from anybody. Like, Let's not start from scratch. Yeah, Let's just pick the ball yeah, up where why they left like, it, right? Why are we so- exactly.
1: And I feel like this, that's a good point too, because like in our industry, we call it diversity and inclusion. And a lot of those initiatives started around the time when they actually were birthed out of the civil rights and the black liberation movements because that was the government's affirmative action and diversity and inclusion these were our companies and the government's response to these calls for freedom and these calls for equality so they don't have to start from scratch and I think a lot of what we what we experience in the industry is that people tend to Said that they don't know how to solve the problem when Mm -hmm. a lot of the answers are in history. I mean, most of the issues that we deal with this is history repeating itself so Mm -hmm. it's up to us to kind of go into the history books and talk to those elders and talk to the people who were in the midst of those movements to figure out, not necessarily where they dropped the ball, Mm -hmm. but what, what what were those barriers that prevented them from getting as far as we needed them to get so that we wouldn't be where
3: we are right now. I think it's like a little 50-50 sometimes where you have people who were involved in in diversity inclusion and they were really involved and there's a sense of discouragement because things aren't moving as fast or moving as quickly or moving at all. You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about Diane Madison out in our last episode and I think one of the things that just just continues to inspire me is that it's working, Mm -hmm. like it's working. There's you can do all these efforts, and I do think there are people who've worked and they've pushed when they were young, like less. I mean not longer, but entry level, mid level. Now mm-hmm. they're they at some point probably gave up because mm-hmm. it, there was not much movement. Mm-hmm. And now I get that since when people say this is a renaissance of bringing back what's important like to the workplace and, mm-hmm. and re-energizing people who were discouraged now wanting to do something where we can pull and things like that so you know sometimes it's very hard because you don't know what you get you might get a
1: sleeping giant kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's also like what's happening now with like the Black Lives Matter like it's all like it's all interconnected where everyone's getting re-energized again based yeah. off of seeing a little bit of progress happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: so Defin- do you see that with like your with people who come to see your work people who feel re-energized do you ever see that
2: Yeah, I think people are definitely, like, moved and inspired by the work. Um, I don't know what... I can't see what happens after that. Like, I don't know if people are compelled enough to contribute to this cause. I don't know if, like, you know, taking a selfie and posting is the most that somebody can do. Like, if that's what they can do, then I have to respect that. Um, I don't know if, like, sometimes there are folks who, who visit my work and... They have their own, like I said, issue that is actually pressing for them that they've been avoiding dealing with, and they're like, you know what? Now I'm gonna take the step. I'm talking about my father who's been locked up for something he didn't do, or this, that, and the third. So like, there's levels to like what comes out of people being in front of the world, um, but it's really hard. I feel like I need to be like on a heavenly perspective and be able to look down to really see um, what what will be birthed out of it. Sure. Know? I think they felt the same way. Like who? Like they were ready to die, not knowing what was gonna happen tomorrow, but.
0: I think that's a good point. So I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and start to talk to you about um, the creative uh, that a lot of the agencies that we work at or that we have worked at um, have been putting into mainstream these days. So I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Super Bowl or the commercials during the Super (laughs) Bowl or I caught like ugh I caught like the first
2: 15 minutes and I was like I'm going to sleep like it was a Sunday night
0: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do it no it was a great Super Bowl by the way shout out to the Eagles Um, but I don't know if you had a chance to see any of the commercials or even if you heard um, any of the pushback if you will Uh, that came from Dodge you have to tell me you have to tell me because I've been in like the
2: Super Bowl happened the day after the show opened and I've have not been able to like catch up on what's happening there's
0: also pepsi pepsi had their big faux pas last year with kendall using kendall jenner Mm -hmm. um in a commercial to kind of show um not even kind kind of to show her interacting um in a protest setting very similar to Mm. something that we've seen with black lives matter and even kind of took um took visuals uh and and paralleled visuals to the imagery of the young black women standing directly facing police um, mm. in new orleans um, but essentially what we've noticed on our end just being in the industry is that there are a lot of brands that are kind of utilizing it's not even nuanced they're paralleling imagery that they are creating or um not mocking up but that they are staging, they're staging mm-hmm. imagery to parallel what we are seeing um, in the struggle, like the struggle mm-hmm. as a whole. So for women, mm-hmm. for people of color, etc. Mm-hmm. Dodge Ram essentially um, they were paralleling some uh, some words from a Dr. King speech um, about hard work and the American spirit and dream, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and using it to kind of sell cars because people are in this. Being an activist is in in vogue right now, so it was really, it it felt like they were trying to use Dr. King's activism to sell more cars, Mm -hmm. Um, and there were a lot of people online that just felt it was inappropriate, it was inappropriate for Pepsi to create their own, like, as if, to your point, as if a protest is fun and everybody's drinking Pepsi and high-fiving and doing backflips and... You know, shit like that. And then here's Dodd Ram saying, <laughs> well, if, if you listen, to, you know, if you follow the words of Dr. King, then you need to buy this here car because this mm-hmm. here car talks about the hard work that he was talking about. And you're just like, mm-hmm. do you not
2: get
3: it? Right. So
0: I want to, knowing that you may not necessarily have seen these ads, right. um, I want to know what is your take on um, large commercial brands, I don't even necessarily want to call it infiltrating, but staging imagery from our struggles and our movements mm-hmm. for profit. Okay. So I think a few things come to mind, right?
2: So the fact, bringing it back, I'll start with the Panthers and I'll move forward, mm-hmm. right? Um, just the idea of everything that we do organically as a, a means for survival, um, or for our own struggles becoming something that gets co-opted in this country and then sold back to us, right? So like like folks know, or some folks are familiar with the fact that you know the Panthers started free breakfast programs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That didn't exist in the United States before the Panther movement. Now all the schools have free breakfast programs. They wanted to, the Panthers were actually a threat to the welfare system mm-hmm. because people were able to like provide for their own households because the communities were supporting one another right that's one of the reasons why they got put on the FBI's you know list as yep. uh, a threat to internal American society or government because you know they needed everyone to be dependent on welfare right so you have free breakfast programs you have free health clinics um, a lot of things that didn't exist and now those entities are government owned right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and you have to like Isn't qualify for that them happens? right that and you funny? have to qualify for them right mm-hmm. there's certain things that you cannot get I'm um, like even like the folks that I represent in my work they're coming out as elders we know them as political prisoners they're coming out with a felony mm-hmm. record right and so there's a number of things that you're denied if you have that on your yep. on your account right so there's that there's that level of being co-opted there's like even just like the same thing happens, with like I'm, I told you, like I've been the, the token my whole life and I never understood how like something that we used to say on the block like seven years ago, how somebody who does not look anything like me is saying this term, like even just our our language, the way that we were. Like, Once
0: twerking left Uncle Luke and made it on the list of <laughs> Miley Cyrus, I was dying. Right, was, so oh, this,
2: this okay. is what happens, right? And so I think that, um I'm sorry, wait, there was one more point. Oh yeah, the other thing is that, you know, activism and organizing and struggle and protest, all of that is trending, right? right? That is popular. I say that coming from someone who started this project eight years ago, nobody wants to talk about any of this. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about any of this. Like no institution, no, no school, mm-hmm. no gallery, like now, Every museum is having an exhibition about a struggle that is relevant to what's going on today. Every gallery, everybody's talking about, every celebrity. I work at this arts organization, I won't say the name of it, because I don't want them to be like, whatever, they be acting funny. Anyway, <laughs> I, I work, work at an arts organization on the Lower East Side, and you know, there's all this hype, they're like, we need you to come in, we need extra hands today, doing an art-making activity, blah, 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 social justice, da, 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 right? So everybody's throwing all these words around. Right First now. of
0: all, the fact that you can do this with social listen, justice that's, means a lot it, listen, is wrong with that's,
2: situation. that's how it was presented to me. So i go to help out. I'm like, I need Spirit a couple extra fingers. dollars. Let me go to work today. And when I get there, everybody's like, okay, like, not telling me who's in the room. Apparently, like, Reese Witherspoon is, like, all down for the people and all this stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's who was there. That was their special guest. That's why they need extra hands. Oh, wow. That's who was helping us paint this mural. So like everybody wants to have a moment to post on their Instagram that I'm doing community work, right? So like, of course, these like advertising agencies and companies are gonna like tap into that, right? I think that it's important for us to, like for me, for me particularly, like even this month, right? Black History Month, Black Panther film coming out. I have these Black Panther paintings. I couldn't not have my work up this month because everybody's gonna be talking about this anyway. So like I could be angry again it's like it's like I could be salty about this happening but or I could recognize that this is going to happen whether I like it or not right how do I tap in and and capitalize off of that mm-hmm. right so I think that that's something that we need to think about also another thing we need to think about is the fact that like okay they're going to continue to copy and co-op our stuff so we just have to keep making new greater things and doing new right. greater things true so, whatever they're like a few years behind all the time anyway so it doesn't really matter like and it's a phase like it's trending now who knows what what shift what what it's going to turn into soon right that's fair and so like i guess it's just like knowing that like okay my struggle and my contributions to it are authentic to me this is obviously not authentic but it's happening anyway so how do i deal with that like i could be i could make an angry post, or i could find a way to like ah i just i'm curious about ways to maneuver like even like with this work like the reality mm-hmm. situation is, people can come and like have free wine at the opening. That's good, it's but kind
0: of part of my favorite thing. Right? No, it's
2: fine. Some, it's mine too. I, I like when it's not my show, that's my that's my thing. That's what I do. Free food. <laughs> I definitely <free> food, <laughs> Bring my child. Free food, no. drinks, and I can bring my child. Like that doesn't usually usually those three things don't happen together. That's somebody together. else's house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you know we have elders. So like three political prisoners have been released in the past year and a half, oh, wow. who are coming out. This is um, Zolo Azania, Maliki Shakur Latine, and um, Albert Woodfox of the Angola Three, right? So folks are coming out and they don't have a place to stay. They have a felony record. They can't get housing, they can't get, what are you supposed to get? Uh, retirement. I don't even, even know. A job. Even, a job. even a job. Social Security, yeah. like they, they're getting denied, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I need, I need like to sell my work to survive as an artist, yes. I need mm. tens of thousands of dollars mm. to make sure that these people don't come home and have to live in the Yo. shelter. Right. That's a takeaway from the.
0: Mo- that's a takeaway from the Black Panther movement. Like, Seriously, you. There has to be some revenue generated, and I guess to your point, if they're able to capitalize on it, capitalize on their backs, so that right. when they're finished talking about it, because yeah. they will be, right, there will be something more fun, sparkling right. and cute. That's it. Um, that there's like a backlog of money somewhere. Yes. There's a residual money somewhere yes. that helps support. That's smart. You're yeah, so
2: I'm I'm very interested in that. But like, but it's a problem. But it's kind of like I'm just ne- I'm never surprised. I'm never surprised by anything that happens in this country.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No, you shouldn't be. What <laughs> just like that mean with the like? Why you even? Why are you angry? Yeah. Like just either just stay stay upset and know that you're gonna be upset as long as you live here. Or just shut up, but like stop with the excitement every time something happens because like it's been going down.
3: Mm -hmm. Mhm. Mhm. It sounds like you like constantly like gone through, how to process each frustration, like frustration showing this work and now it's getting popular. Frustration that people are capitalizing (laughs) and moving past, and moving past that. I think that's a takeaway for even us. Like when we see, when we see this work presented and we're like, oh let's, you know, put this in a matter or whatever, but moving past that frustration, it sounds like you know, we hope that this frustration will end. Right. But it sounds like it won't. Like you're just finding a new way to to yeah. get past it and think about um, the bigger picture.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I think the bigger like all right. Because I feel like that's a great way to go down a path to negativity if we're like, well it's we're never going to get happy. I think what happens is I think a lot of my perspective about what happened with civil rights and um, the black power movement, black liberation movement, um,
1: and even like
0: early hip hop, quite frankly, is that we were looking, black people, people of color were looking to solve large, great, complex problems Mm -hmm. that started way before you started thinking about your anger and your issues and trying to iron it out. Mm -hmm. Like, right, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of, Mm -hmm. like, To your point, and and this will lead great into a question I have down the road, but to your point, like a lot of what we talk about started beyond slavery, even. Mm -hmm. So, how do you truly feel that in, let's say, 10 years, say you give yourself 10 years, in 10 years you can change a system or turn a system that has been in place for centuries to literally keep people like us, women of color, specifically brown, down and and poor and and mm-hmm. forgotten about and invisible mm-hmm. how do you change that in 10 years what has been existing for centuries right. you know like you can't right. however what you can do is you can make micro moments and i even feel like even with the podcast i think definitely with the work that you're doing that there becomes the opportunity to make small changes and amplify the greatness of yeah. them and i think that that's a lot of what has happened in advertising where it went from, we just want equality, to let's be more specific, we actually are looking for equity. Mm. You can, all right, you want me over here to do this? Great, just pay me the same that somebody else is getting paid for it, mm-hmm. to on top of now <laughs> yeah. you're paying me. Okay, so now a few of us are making a little bit, like we, we know our coins, we know how to negotiate a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're also gonna stop like staring down my shirt while I'm at work. Like Thank That's you. really important um and and to be able to vocalize that in itself is progress and to be able to say now like there are people that are scared to look at you or to comment on your body parts at work like that's changed Mm -hmm. that like those are things that were very like a year ago we were talking about um uh nate parker right and how we did like well, we weren't really sure about sexual harassment. To now, we are all very clear. Here are the list of things that you will not do. Not even mm-hmm. cannot do but you will not do to mm-hmm. me in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's how I expect people to carry themselves around me so that I, you know, there's still a lot of respect for myself. And I feel like that is change. Changing consciousness is super change because a lot of what we've had in place for so long is because of people's uh, consistent their consistency with their consciousness. So no, we may not be able to change laws and policy and complete industries but we can change how people think so when we create our newer platforms Mm -hmm. it allows for the flexibility for us to be different
1: i mean i feel like that's that's just a strategy in general right so one of the things that i picked up off of what you were saying is that especially with the free breakfast program is they did it and then it caught on and i feel like that's one of the things that all of us who have these convictions need to do where it's you just need to do it and you hope for the best. Um, you, you're doing it from a place of love and good intention, right. um, and you hope that it's going to catch on because you can't change the system. Like the system mm-hmm. is, like you personally can't change the system. Right. But when you do something that catches fire, the system has to almost respond to mm-hmm. to that.
3: Yeah, you're not letting the system break down your mental. Mm-hmm. Correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in talking about the system, and then this is like the last question I have for you before we start to wrap things up. But um, you had an artist talk yesterday, and Simeon's kind of mentioned that a couple of times, um, that was super inspiring. And one of the things that you talked about was language and how language and policy is very reminiscent of the language that was used um, as a control mechanism during, um, I guess, the time of, I mean, well, not even emancipation, pre-emancipation, mm-hmm. pro, pro, post-emancipation, where mm-hmm. how we refer to criminals, how um, we condemn people that, or that I guess you would call criminals or that society deems as criminals is very reminiscent of how slaves were discussed uh, from authority figures back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the issues, H&M, I feel like everybody knows H&M mm-hmm. and um, the, what is it? The I'm the, the, coolest, coolest, monkey in the coolest monkey in the jungle. One of the issues that I find that we have in discussing ads um, that are perpetuated into mainstream is people don't understand the power of their words, right? So like we know words mean things. Mm-hmm. Um, and while one person may say, well, I mean, you know, kids monkey around, so it's not a big deal. Um, Monkey was a trigger word for people, black people, people Mm -hmm. who identify as black in the United States. And therefore, that's what caused the uproar. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: What do you think advertisers should know about the power of language, the the language that they choose to use within their advertisements Mm -hmm. um, when trying to reach African-American people? Um, And do you also feel that there is a link with, uh, a nuanced link with um, uh, words words of oppression is what I'll call them, like fugitive, monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You said uh, something about assembly yesterday. I yeah, want you talk about assembly. It. Unlawful assembly and mm-hmm. things like that. W- where do you think that there's intersectionality with how there are trigger words for people in our community and how advertisers kind of just overlook them because yeah. maybe they're not shit. Like, I'm not really sure. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I See, I was trying to figure that out, especially like with the whole H&M thing. I was trying to figure out like, I was trying to wrap my head around how someone could be so ignorant. Like, <laughs> I really? mean, like, like I, but like if someone genuinely did not know that that was a problem, what does that mean, right? So does that mean that people in advertisement don't know the historical context of the words? like? Is that a course that needs to be added Um, or is that something that maybe they took and overlooked like you said or is it the fact that like our histories and our history of oppression and the language revolved around that is not a part of what's taught so like maybe even even if you're studying language and the history of language and how one word how the word black for example could go from being a really negative word a word that kids use to make fun of each other in the community all the negative connotations with the color black and then that shift that happened where like in the Panther movement where people are trying to take ownership of that word and turn it into something new, something positive that we still love and embrace today, right? But that took a shift, right? So I don't know if it's like people need to learn the history of that, of like of language, of oppressive language before they step into these fields. Or it's either you learn the history or I had a second part. I lost it. Sorry, I'm getting tired. No, history we almost more. done. We almost done. Or <laughs>
0: there was something else. Well, I mean, I'll say, and I actually. Kind oh, of I'm of sorry. Go. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's yeah, not that. Like that. It's like
2: maybe, maybe they did have an opportunity to to deal with text or study text and words in that way or language in that way, but maybe like again, like our specifically the people of color black people in this country maybe we're just left out of that dialogue like from the get Mm -hmm. so like i didn't learn my history until i ended up in one really good african-american history class Mm -hmm. at the age of 22 on my way out of school a bunch of kids at sva didn't take that class right Mm -hmm. those kids went into designing advertisement and computer art and 3d animation all that stuff right so they don't have the context like they don't have the historical context they didn't learn that Mm -hmm. i don't know whose fault that is but But in general, like a lot of our narratives and like, you know, the language around what we've dealt with on like, not on like a general level, not on a mainstream history level Mm -hmm. has not been taught or discussed. Because I I was like, how could you be so ignorant? I couldn't wrap my head around that. But like somebody was really that ignorant. Like I'm sure that person was not a malicious or that team Mm -hmm. and like, and then a team. So like maybe it wasn't even one person who gave the okay. So no. for like, no, it no. wasn't. Yeah. So that's. It's not yeah. how it works. There's right. All kinds so I don't I know how advertising works, and... but like, isn't that insane? So like, like a whole cohort of individuals paid that are paid really well right. did not from know that this from various institutions. From various institutions, three institutions. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think part of part of the issue is that you know, going, We're not we're not at the table, and if we are at the table, we don't have the equity mm. because it's. It's also one of those things where they can't take a course and learn all of this cultural context right. that will allow them to avoid these these landmines. So it's it's crucial for us to be at the table to explain right. why that isn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I think Was
0: it's there part no of black we're, people in that habitat? So here's the thing, right? I don't necessarily believe Jews. I don't I don't necessarily but, believe that there were no. Black yeah, people I mean. and I was, well, mm-hmm. the child's mother said that she was cool with it and yeah. that we were stripping. She said that? She said we were stripping. But this is my but point, that right, there's never, <laughs> there's never, like we, I, once I heard, once that came out, I was like, you know, I need to take a step away from the idea that somehow we're not at the table at all. Cause There have been times where I've been overpowered in arguments, like I'm at the table, you're at the table sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like oftentimes there's a couple of us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we may not have equity. Mm -hmm. There are a few of us with equity at the table Mm -hmm. that also see these things, have that context and still say, that sounds great,
1: right? So I, I think it's yes, <laughs> just
0: like that. It's I know, like, I that know. sounds great. I know.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's also the context. But I think this is part of what like, came out of the Black Panther thing, which is the diaspora doesn't have the same exactly, context, you know, mm-hmm. the entire diaspora. Exactly. So while she may not have saw anything wrong with it, if you truly have a diverse organization where you have people who Multiple are from people. the continent, people who are from the states, and they, they all have equity to say something, then someone's going to catch it or it's going to make someone feel a little uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, for, for me, that's, that's what I'm looking for, where I want people to feel uneasy when they see yes. things that will be un- offensive and then have that social equity in that environment to say, this is fucked up, we can't do this and have people pay attention and take heed to that uh, to that morning.
0: True, I think Cyrus mentioned, Cyrus was a poet that was at, uh,
1: your artist talk yesterday, but he said something
0: that caught me off child. If I had a wig on, I would have threw it because it was <laughs> that serious. But he was like, I don't mean to cause trouble, but I do mean to trouble you. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like that kind of perspective is something that's really important for those of us that do receive opportunities to be at the table. First of all, when we do get them, because we're not always welcome. But when yeah. we are welcome, it is important to make people uncomfortable, um, even even at the expense of understanding that, like, it can cause trouble. Like, my intention is not to start shit, but I need you to understand this shit, mm-hmm. and the impact of it, and, and, and why it's not okay. And, like, mm-hmm. even your... Um, analysis on how, um, like the idea of using the term fugitive, like slaves were considered fugitives. So when we reference uh, criminals to or people that are considered criminals, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. before they're tried, as you're a fugitive, Mm -hmm. you are essentially a runaway slave. If Mm -hmm. we're talking Mm -hmm. about you know, more than four slaves congregating without their nice. master present their their master present mm-hmm. and that is unlawful assembly. First of all, I tell people the story all the time. When I started in advertising, yeah. the people that I was working with love them to death, still kicking with them. But one of the things they said was like, Oh shoot, there's too many of us yeah. gathered right now. We I gotta go sit right? down. Yo, Wait, that's real. Like, we can't like you can't you know you can't have more than three black people and it's like yeah. even the, even <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're saying it in jest. Yes, but, but also you're saying real. it because you're uncomfortable that right. there's too many people and you it's don't want real. other people talking. And, and then you're conspiring, is, you're conspiring <laughs> and that was some that is something that's that was illegal in that context during mm-hmm. slavery. It is illegal. It is maybe it's not necessarily the illegal. It's not necessarily illegal, but it's it's loitering. an excuse, right? It's loitering. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an excuse that police will use to say to arrest you right. if yeah. they don't have nothing else. Right. Unlawful assembly. It's right. like. There are, so, there are so many ties back to what we do today and how we carry ourselves in the workplace um, that we just need to, like, people talk about diversity of thought. Let's yeah. think about diversity of thought within these movements outside of just our walls and mm-hmm. how it resonates um, with our history, and not just the history that we get in the fifth grade textbook, like the history that you might only get in your college textbook mm-hmm. your senior year that last credit. like. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important and also the intersectionality between art and advertising like people in our industry go to great lengths to award themselves quite frankly right. yes. as creators creatives mm-hmm. without actually taking a step back to look at the other forms of creativity that Mm. are manifesting themselves Mm. um, and not realizing the implications. So for me, it was super important to have you here because we can't talk about art and art directors and all of that shit without if we never speak to Mm. an artist and, and an artist that obviously we uh respect uh, so mm-hmm. with that i'm gonna go ahead and close out i think thank you so you. much thank you. thank you so so thank much y'all this was this us. was natural
1: yeah no. i was
0: for no reason yeah yeah, yeah. No, no 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 like we took showers brushed our teeth we just kind of came here after work like <laughs> all the anger <laughs> i've taken out on other people before we got here yes, so like well, this is good you this, just be here to kick it with the folks these conversations are really
2: important they so. are Okay, we are um, okay so next time y'all gotta come we have to do an official thing where y'all sit down and we have this in front of people because like you know can i can't be, be like of the people. only one yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> can
0: you mean, do it i can be in front of people but like i sometimes I we won't shit. let them ask
2: questions okay they can ask we <laughs> just talk I'm <laughs> just no, be, be like the view like they they be in front of people but it just be them it do just be yeah. them
0: all right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for listening. Yes. Um, social media, Ask Mixed Company, everywhere that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes. Um, and Gmail. Can I do mine? Um, yeah. Please do. I, oh,
2: whatever. Everywhere, on Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, that's it for now. I am wet paint. My email is also Iamwetpaint at gmail.com if you ever want to get in touch with me. And that's it. Definitely,
0: definitely. If you guys, if anybody can make it down here by the 24th or even after... Check her stuff out. If you got the coins, make sure you make you a purchase yes. uh, before that. Before, before we see you on, on uh, Christie's Listen, auction. And Listen, Michael, y'all, you know, let's speak it. it. Let's speak that Some in existence. Some people going to be real Sotheby's. salty. And I'm going to be Sotheby's. looking like, I don't, I, don't know. I don't handle that conversation I don't know. Yeah. anymore. <laughs> I, you, like, I know Get your prints and your originals immediately. Right. Because yes. this is not, yes. this is serious business. Yes. Um, but thank y'all for listening. We will holla at you next time. Peace. Bye.